Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast Network. Craig Schaup here with you. Going Streaming is the uh, name of this show. And uh, during this show, I like to give you just a few of my uh, thoughts on some of the things that I've been streaming. Uh, My wife and I recently just uh, wrapped up the entire series of Physical. This is the uh, 1980s-inspired aerobic workout uh, show starring Rose Byrne, who's always fantastic pretty much in anything she does. So I was excited to watch this. Um, there were some other cast uh, as well, the Rory Scoville that you may know, Paul Sparks, some other people that you may have, uh, you know, remember seeing over the years. And this is the a, a really nice ensemble cast. They all do a very nice job. Although I think, unfortunately for them, they're a little bit brought down by the material. I don't know if the material worked as well for me. This is the a classic example of when you have a show that runs for 10 episodes at about a half hour or so a pop, and you're talking five or five and a half hours of total TV programming, this is one of those shows that was sort of derailed a little bit by about four hours or so or three and a half hours of, of the show, whereas the final hour, hour and a half or three episodes of this series really, I think, found its groove of where we were going, where we're telling this story. Rose Byrne plays Sheila. She is sort of a down-on-your-luck housewife. She's struggling with uh, issues with an eating disorder and also just maybe wanting to feel accepted by her husband, Rory Scoville's character, Danny. Uh, But Sheila always uh, supports her husband, who then decides after being fired as a professor, maybe he might run for uh, a political office, uh, something that she's uh, always in, you know, thought he should do. So we get a little side story there. A lot of this uh, story really kind of takes place in the realm of this political campaign where Rory uh, Scoville's character, Danny Rubin, is trying desperately to essentially find his footing after being let go as a professor at a nearby school. Uh, Rose Burns character, Sheila, the wife, she's there to try to support Danny and also maybe run some of his finances. Although, unfortunately for them, she has a very deep, dark secret with her eating issue where she will take out money from savings and go and binge eat and then throw up and then come home like nothing really happened. And it was really sad to see uh, the issues that she was struggling with. And I, I don't think that they didn't do a good job of portraying that. It it wasn't um, anything that they did wrong there. I just think the first 
six or seven episodes for me really just didn't hit the mark, unfortunately. Um, I will say this, though. One thing that really, really stood out for me in this series, and I might be the only person that thinks this, but I, I, I just love these two characters, uh, the character of Bunny and the character of Tyler. Now, Della Saba uh, plays the character of Bunny. She is an aerobics instructor that sort of inspires Sheila to work out and you know it ends up becoming her a new obsession her new addiction if you will and then uh, lou taylor pookie i hope i'm saying that name right because he is fantastic as tyler uh playing this uh bro surfer dude but he's really kind of a an intriguing savant of an artist though as he is uh often used to create videos and uh you know uh, video packaging art as well that you would see on vhs tapes very talented guy, but almost not even un a little unsure of himself in a lot of ways that he's really that good at what he does. Uh, but those two characters are hilarious together. I think every time they're on the screen, I'm always rooting for them in some capacity. But I think the, the problem that we see here is we, we really don't like the main character so much. So Sheila, yeah, she has the eating disorder, but she's also extremely mean. And I, and I can understand to a degree why she's a little catty and a little mean at times because of some of the things that have gone on in her past, even though that wasn't <clears throat> necessarily fleshed out so much during the show. But it just seems like there was a give and take between her and her husband where, you know, there were times where her husband treated her well. There were times where her husband didn't treat her well. And I think they were sending some mixed signals about these two people individually and also as their relationship kind of unfolds as well. Um, so unfortunately for me, the first four or five episodes just weren't there. The last couple were there. The ones in the middle were just kind of like, okay, we're starting to build a little bit here. But unfortunately for me, I just don't think anything really hit its stride until maybe that seventh or eighth episode. And I really thought to myself, yeah, they've got something. I can see the vision for this show. And I can understand why maybe they might have a second season here for physical. I kind of hope they do. I mean, it's something that I would not mind seeing uh, maybe come to fruition as they uh, really kind of left it as a, at a really weird spot, in a tease, if you will, uh, that really almost begs for a second season. Now, I'm not sure how the streams have gone so far on this series, but I think, um, you know, with, with talented cast like Rose Byrne leading the way, I think they probably have enough for a season two. And quite honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing a season two. Um, I can't say that I would highly recommend season one. Um, I was sort of on the fence with this. At, at first, I was like, this is a two-star uh, show. Uh, but then as those last few episodes really kind of hit their stride, I was close to giving this three stars. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to give this a two and a half out of four stars, meaning I liked a lot of elements to this, but I also disliked some elements of this. So I can't quite necessarily say you got to go out and see this. You've got to go out and get an Apple TV Plus subscription to see physical. Now, transitioning onto something on also on Apple TV Plus that I do think is worth the subscription fee, and that is season two of Ted Lasso. So we are now three episodes in to this 12 season or this 12 episode season two. And I gotta tell you, this show continues to just be that breath of fresh air on TV. It really does. You know, Ted Lasso, uh, played by Jason Sudeikis, he's just he's just the kind of person that you root for on screen. So, whereas Sheila, you know, Sheila Rubin in the 
series physical as somebody that you don't necessarily root for because of her mean spirit. Ted Lasso is the exact opposite of that, you know, and he's the coach that loves all of his players, that wants everybody to succeed, that sees the good in everything. And for some reason, especially in the era where that we're in, which is uh, COVID-19 pandemic, it really is a breath of fresh air. It really is. Although I will say this, this is a show to me that no matter when you watch it, what era you watch it, if you watch it 50 years from now, that you, you might not be helped but be charmed by it because it is so fun. It is so endearing to the heart. I just love this show so much. Um, you know, I always thought to myself, okay, there's probably going to be little little way that season two is going to be as good or not, if not top season one. But realistically, it has matched season one blow for blow so far through these first three uh, episodes as we see Sudeikis' character kind of navigating uh, relegation. They've had eight draws in a row at AFC Richmond, the football club there in England. And he's trying to figure out a way to break this uh, draw streak. Um, Hannah Waddingham, who plays the owner, Rebecca Welton, uh, back again here for season two. And she has completely made a 180 as the owner who at first was trying to sabotage the team and sabotage Ted Lasso and put him in a, in a lose-lose situation, only to now to really be a, a character you root for because you can see what her motivations were from season one, and now you see why she has completely changed for season two. Um, also, Brendan Hutt with, as Coach Beard. Can't say enough about how funny he is in sort of a deadpan way. Uh, Brett Goldstein, who also is a writer and, and producer on this show, is Roy Kent, the veteran soccer player who – did end up retiring after last year, but has uh, moved on to other bigger, better things, even in some way. He's great. Juno Temple as Keeley Jones, the marketing manager for AFC Richmond, uh, is also um, really showing a lot of depth as a character. This is just one of those shows that it's hard to duplicate. It's hard to make a great episode every time out, especially in TV. You know, movies are hard to make too, but you know, you have an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours. When you're talking about TV, like we said in, with physical, you're talking about a show that's five hours long. So you're you're hoping that almost all of that five hours is good, or at the very least, hoping that that five hours is quality enough to keep people's attention. Well, Ted Lasso, this is one of those shows that right after the, the episode uh, that premiered on Friday came out, I watched it, and I thought to myself, why can't there be more? This is an instant binge kind of show. It is the type of show that everybody probably is looking for, uh, something fun and energetic and something that you just can't help but smile at. So I would say for Ted Lasso Season 2, a very enthusiastic four stars out of four. It is so much fun. It is exactly the, the type of show that you should watch. And honestly, you know, I've said this uh, you know, with our, our film critic, George Thomas, that this is the kind of show that I think you can – you know, at the very least, subscribe to Apple TV Plus and say, look, this is a show that's worth that. This is one of the only shows maybe to me that's worth it. I don't know, like I said, with physical that I would subscribe to Apple TV Plus just to watch it. But I'm telling you, with Ted Lasso in the in the in the bank, you are guaranteed at this point very many quality, quality episodes. And many of them are just absolutely great. They still have some of the fun slapsticky kind of dad jokes, if you will, 
and they everything just lands. That's the that's the the beauty of this show. Everything lands. There there really isn't a joke that really doesn't work, in my opinion. And I know it's comedy's different for everybody. Some people may laugh while some people don't. But to me, this this is just a, a running joke that just absolutely gets better and better and better. And I can't wait to see more as we get on to this 12-episode season two, which I'm excited about as well. So looking at now uh, what maybe you can stream out there, there are a lot of options. You know, there's Paramount Plus, there's HBO Max. We've talked about Apple TV Plus here today. There's Peacock, of course, Netflix, obviously. That's sort of the king. Uh, Disney Plus as well has a lot of offerings too. I'm going to look at uh, some of the an intriguing opportunity here for Paramount Plus. For the for those of you who subscribe to Paramount Plus, whether it's through the uh, the ten nine ninety nine a month uh, plan where you get no commercials or the commercial option as well, I tell you what, when I, I I was a little skeptical about Paramount Plus to be honest with you at first, but they had a fifty percent offer right before it launched to Paramount Plus. And I purchased the 50% off offer where you just made a one-time payment for the year. And it was a good deal. It was, uh, you know, 50% off of the commercial-free version of Paramount Plus. So I took that, took advantage of it and said, okay, if I don't like it after a year, I can always get rid of it. Don't have to renew, whatever. So far, I've been impressed. They've, they've included uh, a lot of new titles to their library uh, time and time again, which I like. Recently, they've, and this is where I'm going to talk a little bit here, Recently, they've they've definitely included some very good films. Uh, first and foremost, I think uh, for me that the one that really stood out, what I was happy to see was Interstellar. Now, Interstellar is one of those movies where it's it's you know it's a long movie, two hours and forty nine minutes, but it's well worth your time. The two thousand fourteen masterwork from Christopher Nolan. Uh, this is really my favorite Christopher Nolan film, and he's made a lot of great films whether it be Inception or the Dark Knight trilogy, um, or even if, you know, for some people that love Tenet and Dunkirk. But for me, this is his masterwork, in my opinion. This is his best film. It's his most complete film. And in some ways, it might be his most personal film where, you know, he really hammers home. He and his uh, brother, Jonathan Nolan, uh, co-wrote this screenplay. But they really hammer home this uh, connection of family and what it means for this dad to make a, the ultimate sacrifice, leaving his children to, to try to save the earth, essentially. And Nolan, first and foremost, I pretty much did not, I didn't, I didn't expect this film wouldn't blow me away as far as visuals go. The visual elements are fantastic, whether you're talking about, uh, you know, sets that are built like the ships and the, you know, the docking stations and things like that or the visual elements that are created with computer, like the, like the skies and, you know, the, the wormhole and things like that. But Christopher Nolan does this amazing job of just blending in both physical and non-physical CGI and, and, and set decoration and set pieces to just make it an, an encapsulating and just beautiful film. It's an engrossing film uh, from start to finish. Um, even if even if this film had not been about space exploration or anything like that, it really was an interesting uh, environmental film as well, talking about the dangers of the planet uh, that we're living on right now that may or may not be around forever. And, uh, you know, in this case, they kind of go back circa Dust Bowl era where there's a lot of dust storms and, you know, they can only grow certain crops and people just have these weird 
lives essentially because they you know they may die from you know inhalation of dust from all these windstorms that happen so nolan makes really two kind of distinct different films one on earth one outside of earth uh but everything works out so well matthew mcconaughey i know that initially he might not have been christopher nolan's choice for that that lead role of cooper but he really knocks it out of the park really stepping up his game and showing he can be an Oscar winning, uh, Oscar worthy actor, um, and I actually think you know even though he has you know been in that position before, I think this is an, a, a performance that he certainly could have been nominated for uh, because of his just in, just fantastic performance as the the lead pilot of this uh, space uh, space mission uh, that unfortunately lets his kids uh, live alone and live with their grandfather as he uh, tries to save the world essentially, but. This movie is so much more than just space exploration. It's about love. It's about, you know, sacrifice. Just a fantastic film. It was one of my favorite films of the 2010s decade. Um, I really just love this film. Like I said, I think it's Christopher Nolan's best work. It may not be the most rewatchable when you're talking about a two-hour and 49-minute film, but it is his best work. It is, it is something that every time I see it on TV, I at least have to check it out a little bit. Um, even yesterday on Paramount Plus, when I first discovered that it was on Paramount Plus, I went and uh, checked it out a little bit just to see what it looked like on my 4K display, which it looked beautiful, by the way, as expected. But Interstellar, for me, just a fantastic film. Uh, Paramount Plus also added uh, Mission Impossible 6 Fallout. So this is the hopeful, uh, you know, this is the the last movie they shot, uh, bringing in Henry Cavill, some other cast of characters that you may remember from other films. Uh, but now, of course, uh, the, the newest film is expected to be released later this year, although with the COVID variant, uh, Delta variant coming out and really spreading like wildfire, it does make for uncertain times in the movie industry. But, uh, you know, this is a franchise and MI6 is a, is a terrific, terrific action film. But, this is a franchise essentially that has gotten better over time. It really has. You know, the first film was was really good. It was solid with Brian De Palma and, and Tom Cruise at the helm. And then the second one was not so good. The third one was a nice step up. But then ever since that, you know, that mid-2000s run of kind of rebooting the franchise while still making sequels, it has just simply gotten better and better, um, you know, and Fallout may be one of the best of the of the bunch. Honestly, it, it's you know Ghost Protocol is also another favorite of mine too. But you know Fallout was a, a terrific action see, you know scenes time and time again. Great stunt work, of course. And uh, MI6, uh, you know Fallout was a terrific film. So that's also a film that you can stream right now on Paramount Plus. Um, I definitely recommend uh, some of those uh, options there. Um, also, other movies that you can check out now, uh, Tropic Thunder, Sweeney Todd, uh, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Uh, George and I talked about that when we talked about musicals a few months ago. Sunset Boulevard, a classic film. Um, I would even uh, say, too, Sonic the Hedgehog, the Jim Carrey-led uh, villain movie. Not too bad, actually. That was the last movie I saw in theaters in 2020, and it actually was not too bad. Um, so definitely a, a lot of options if you're looking for science fiction as well. Arrival, uh, the Denis Villeneuve uh, film is fantastic, fantastic uh, with Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner. That is a terrific science fiction movie uh, that really uh, unfortunately got snubbed a little bit, I thought, at the Academy Awards. But definitely a great film, too, if you're looking for science fiction movies this weekend. Uh, but uh, other than that, 
go out there and look for something to stream and uh, leave us uh, notes on the comments to say, hey, what are you streaming out there right now? But uh, anyway, I just let, want to thank you guys for stopping by. My name is Craig Shop, and this is the Ohioan Podcast Network, and you've been listening to Go Streaming. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.